This is Franchise Friday, a short episode designed to talk all things franchising. As a listener of the Path to Freedom podcast, you know you want to take control of your life and create more freedom for yourself. But have you ever stopped to consider franchise ownership as an avenue for doing just that? Owning a franchise means you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. And it can be a great way to become a first-time business owner or even for a seasoned entrepreneur to expand their portfolio and break into a new business. But where do you even start? I know firsthand how overwhelming of a process it can be to figure out which franchise companies are good, which ones might be a good fit for you, and how to go about vetting them. And that's exactly what I'll be talking about in these episodes. I'll be detailing the methodical process I use with my consulting clients to help them navigate what would typically be an overwhelming process. There's an art to finding the right franchise for you and conducting a thorough investigation, and that's what I'll be unpacking on Franchise Fridays. Thanks for tuning in. Let's drop in. Hey, what's up and happy Friday. Thank you for dropping in with me to another episode of Franchise Friday. Today, I want to talk about how to compare and contrast two different franchise opportunities that you feel could be almost equally a good fit. It's a good problem to have. And if you've been listening to Franchise Friday, you've already heard me go through the process that I work through with my consulting clients as to how we go about getting clear on the type of franchise business model, the role of the franchise owner, and some of the other key characteristics of a franchise business that would make sense for you. So if you've gone through this process the right way, you should have been able to pretty dramatically narrow down you know, to a much shorter list of franchise opportunities that could be a good fit for you. So once you've done that and you've actually started the franchise investigative process with these companies, the goal should be then to continue to narrow the list down identifying ultimately the one franchise that you feel is the best fit for you. So let's say you've gone through all of these steps and you've narrowed it down to two franchises, but you're really having trouble deciding which one may be the best fit. So let's talk through a little bit of how you can get it down to the best fit. So the first thing that I see a lot of people do is, you know, they're looking at the franchise disclosure documents, the FDD, you know, for these two different franchises, and they want to kind of start comparing things that they're seeing in the FDDs. They want to compare, you know, what's the initial investment range for both? What's the royalty for both? You know, what's the earning potential for both based on what they're seeing in item 19 of an FDD? And I'm not saying that's you know not worth doing, but it's also very important to keep in mind that when you're evaluating one franchise against another, you're not necessarily comparing apples to apples. You could very well be comparing apples to oranges. So you know, strictly going off of you know things that you're seeing in the FDD is not always the best way to you know decide which of say two franchises could be the best fit for you. <clears throat> For example, you know, if, if you've got two franchise businesses, one, you know, carries a higher initial investment than the other would, you know, it could be easy to say, well, 
you know, clearly I think I want to go with the one that requires a lower initial investment. But, you know, as we've already talked about, as you're going through your due diligence process, you're, you know, really trying to get a sense of what the earning potential is with a franchise and ultimately what type of a return on your investment you can expect to make. So just because one franchise has a lower initial investment, you know, doesn't make the franchise with the higher initial investment a a lesser option because there could be considerably more upside with the franchise that carries a higher initial investment. But on the flip side of that, just because a franchise requires a higher initial investment does not necessarily mean that there's more upside or more earning potential than with a franchise that requires a lower initial investment. Confusing? Maybe a little bit, but if you've been listening to the Franchise Friday episodes, you should have a very good idea of how you can go through this process with any franchise company to get a realistic idea of what the earning potential is, what the ROI potential is on a specific franchise business. So make sure to tune in to those episodes uh, if you haven't listened to them for more detail on you know how to answer the uh, all-important question of how much money can I expect to make with a franchise business. But, you know, another example is I see a lot of people, you know, wanting to compare like royalty percentages, for example. So they may look at franchise A and say, well, they have a 5% royalty and franchise B has a 7% royalty. Well, it really doesn't matter. It's irrelevant what the royalty is in one or another. The key to, you know, that whole portion of it is understanding what are your ongoing expenses in a franchise, right? So that would be your royalties, marketing contributions, any other recurring fees that you would be responsible for as a franchisee. And then you have to understand what are you getting in exchange for those fees? What's the value add from the franchisor to you as a franchisee? And that's what makes, in many cases, not always, but that's what makes in many cases the actual percentage amount irrelevant. You know, for example, in franchise A with a 5% royalty, you may realize that you don't get nearly as much value ongoing as you would in franchise B where you have a actual higher royalty at 7% going with the example that I'm using here. You know, you could see through your research that with franchise B where you have a 7% royalty, your cost of goods or your materials that you're purchasing because you're a franchisee with that brand, your cost of goods are maybe 15% less than what they would be if you were operating that same business independently outside of the franchise. Well, if that's the case, then from a cost of goods standpoint alone, you're coming out 8% net better as a franchisee. that savings alone cancels out the royalty and then some, right? So with franchise A, where you only have a 5% royalty, you may not be able to see that you have that same type of value as with franchise B. And so even though it is a smaller percentage that you're paying in your royalty, you're actually not getting as much value. So hopefully that's an easy enough example to follow to simply illustrate the fact that you know, comparing royalty percentages is not usually a great 
exercise or a great comparison you obviously need to understand what the royalty would be for any specific franchise and what you're getting in exchange for that but in terms of a way to you know identify is franchise a better than franchise b because it has a lesser royalty it's not usually a very good filter to use so obviously the the earning potential you know the the return on investment is a big factor in deciding which of two franchise businesses may be the best fit for you but let's say that you know for the sake of this example let's say that you feel pretty confident that the earning potential is is pretty much the same you know with each business long term you feel like you could you know see about the same type of return on your investment and you know ultimately net the same type of income or the same net owner benefit from each franchise so then how do you go about you know narrowing it down to to one franchise business well there's several other things that need to be considered first of all you want to you know really get a good feel for what is your role as the franchise owner how are you going to have to spend the majority of your time right talk quite a bit about this throughout this franchise friday series but it's so important i mean the way i look at this is most people if they're going to go to the links of getting into business for themselves they're doing it for usually financial reasons they want to put themselves in a position where they can earn more than they have you know as an employee but also it's usually you know a quality of life thing they want to have more more freedom of their time more flexibility with their schedules and and so going hand in hand with that is most people want to be able to spend at least most of their time as a business owner doing things that they enjoy doing so you know if there's drastic differences between franchise a and franchise b in terms of what you're going to be responsible to do as the franchise owner and where you're going to have to spend most of your time that can be you know a great differentiator if franchise b is going to require you to spend more of your time on activities that really play to your strengths and your skill sets and things that you enjoy doing whereas franchise a is you know something that you feel confident you could do but you simply don't feel like you would enjoy it as much in terms of your role and your input as a franchise owner well then that can be a clear indication that maybe franchise b is the better fit so really making sure you understand you know what you're going to be needing to spend most of your time on so that's that's one thing that is a, usually a very good differentiator another could be simply where are you at today and what do you need the business to accomplish for you in the first six to 12 months right as we've already talked about you know the amount of the initial investment doesn't always correlate with the you know the upside in many cases it can but i've seen plenty of people that you know opted for a franchise business that was a lower initial investment even though it may not have had as much long-term upside as another franchise they were evaluating but their reason for doing that made sense because of where they are today they needed a business that had the potential to start generating positive cash flow and ultimately allow them to start seeing a return on their investment quicker than a franchise that was more expensive to get into and would likely carry a longer pathway to cash flow positive and ultimately starting to generate some income from the business so you know depending on where you are if you don't have as long of a financial runway to go before you start seeing a return on your investment 
that can be a great way to differentiate it. Franchise A, even though it may not have as much long-term upside as Franchise B, but if you're in a situation where you can't go 12 to 18 months or whatever the case may be without an income, well, that alone could make Franchise A the better option for you. And once you have a successful business, now you've got options. You can either add more units of that particular franchise business so that you're increasing the long-term upside, or you can use your experience, the capital that you're making through your first business, and use that to get into a second business that then maybe carries a little more upside than the first because now you're in a better situation financially and you have a little more runway so you know really understanding you know where am I today what do I need this business to accomplish for me in the next you know I, I think six to 12 months is a pretty good time frame to look at and if you're not in a position where you can go more than six to 12 months without an income then that could be an easy way to determine which of two franchise businesses is going to be a good fit for you uh, the other piece is obviously getting to know the franchisor right talked a lot about this as well through these Franchise Friday episodes. You want to get a really good feel for who it is you would be partnering with at the end of the day. Do you feel like you're going to get good upfront support from the franchisor? You know, what about training? What about onboarding? You know, do they have a good track record of getting their franchisees up and running very quickly and, you know, really minimizing the learning curve for them? Uh, or is that something that you've learned through your investigation that is maybe not, you know, their strong suit? But in addition to that, and I see people overlook this sometimes, so this is important, in addition to the upfront support that you're getting as a new franchisee, you want to feel confident that your franchisor is going to provide great long-term support. Because as we've already talked about, with things like your royalties, these are ongoing expenses. Your royalty is never going to go away. Right, But I don't care what the franchise is or how good of a franchisee you are, you will get to a point where you're no longer relying on the franchisor to train you or teach you the business. You'll have it figured out, but you're still going to be paying a royalty. So this really ties into what we talked about earlier with really understanding the value that you're getting in exchange for your royalties. But with any franchisor, a big piece of the value is ongoing support. Good franchisors should always be looking for ways that they can continuously add value to their franchisees. Now, how they're going to add that value will vary from franchisor to franchisor. It'll vary depending on the type of business that they're in. Using the example from earlier, it could tie into you know better product cost, better cost of goods, and you know ideally as the franchise organization grows, they have more buying power that they can leverage with vendors or manufacturers or distributors or whatever the case may be. So ideally that's something that even gets better over time. That's a way that a franchisor can continuously add value. Uh, technology is another great example. Great franchisors should always be looking at new ways that they can leverage technology to help their franchisees run the business more efficiently, and ultimately help their franchisees provide a better experience for their clients, regardless of who the clients are. Um, so those are just a few common examples, but there certainly are franchisors that do a better job of providing great long-term support and value to franchisees, whereas some franchisors, that's not their strength. Maybe they've, they're really great at the upfront support, the training, the onboarding, getting you up and running very quickly, which is great, 
but I've seen too many franchisees with certain brands over the years that they become resentful of their franchisor because once they're two years, three years, five years in, they feel like they're getting little to nothing in exchange for these royalties that they're continuing to pay. So really understanding the franchisor that you're partnering with, obviously understanding you know what they are responsible for per the franchise agreement, but you know to me it goes way beyond the FDD and the franchise agreement. You know you should really be getting a feel for the culture, the culture of the franchisor, the culture in terms of the relationship that the franchisor has with other franchisees. This can be a great distinguishing factor. If you've got company A and company B and all things are pretty equal, but you can clearly see that company A has a much stronger culture amongst franchisor to franchisees, that can be an easy differentiator as well. Culture is so important and that carries over to the franchisees as we've already talked about one of the most valuable steps in this entire process is talking to other franchisees that are already operating the business and you can learn so much from them you can learn you know realistically what does a day in the life of the franchise owner look like so going back to what i mentioned earlier in terms of you know how are you going to have to spend the majority of your time as the franchise owner you can get a very good sense of that in talking to franchisees and you can get an even better sense of not only what would it likely look like but what should it look like because when you talk to top performing franchisees in a brand compared to underperforming franchisees in a brand you'll likely discover some pretty dramatic differences in how the successful franchisees run their business compared to the less successful franchisees and more times than not a lot of that comes back to the more successful franchisees understand where they should be spending the majority of their time to ultimately get a stronger return on the investment of their time so through these franchise validation calls you should not only be getting a sense of what your day-to-day would likely look like as a franchise owner but also what it should look like meaning where should you be spending most of your time to get the best results and you use that to then look inward and say do I feel confident that I can do these things and also would I enjoy them just like we talked about before but in addition to that talking to franchisees is a great way to better understand you know are franchisees happy with the upfront support that they got from the franchisor are they happy with the ongoing support that they get you know if you're talking to franchisees that are five seven ten years into the business and they are still very positive in what they're telling you about their relationship with the franchisor that's probably a pretty good indication that they feel their franchisor continues to add value and provide good support whereas if you talk to newer franchisees with a brand that are pretty happy but you talk to some that are a little more established with the brand and they're a little bit begrudging against the franchisor just don't have as much positive things to say that can be a good indication that you know maybe the franchisor is not doing a good enough job uh you know providing good ongoing support and and as we've talked about before with these validation calls you need to do enough of them right because any brand is going to have you know a handful of franchisees likely that are just you know bitter they're 
you know, half glass empty, uh, glass half empty, you know, type of people. So they're, they're probably just not going to be positive about anything. So you need to make sure you're talking to enough franchisees so that you have a big enough sample size to really, you know, get a realistic picture of what things look like. But also coming back to culture, talking to franchisees and understanding what's the culture like amongst all of the franchisees and the brand. And this is so so important and most people overlook it if you get into a great franchise business where there is a culture amongst the franchisees of shared learning of collaboration of you know all ships rise together the better each individual franchisee is the better the brand is the more valuable all of their individual businesses are that is a powerful thing there is so much value that comes with plugging in to a franchise system with a very strong culture amongst their franchisees where every franchisee is willing to help, is willing to share what they've learned, to share best practices. Especially as a brand new franchisee, you can learn so much just from talking to other franchise owners. So if you can clearly see that franchise B has a very strong culture amongst their franchisees, whereas franchise A, you know, there's not as much of that going on. It's just kind of a, you know, every man or every woman for himself type of mentality. That can be a very, very big differentiator in determining which franchise is the best fit for you. You can also get get a good sense, you know, of what the overall culture is and whether or not you're going to be a good culture fit, right? Some franchises are you know, a little more serious in nature where it's kind of just business only. Other franchises like to have a lot of fun while they're taking care of business. And, you know, there's there's definitely different cultures. And so you want to get a feel for what the culture is within a certain franchise business and make sure you're selecting one where you feel like you're a really good culture fit. So let's say you've gone through all of this and you still just can't quite decide. You've got two fantastic franchise opportunities that you think you would just absolutely crush it with either of them. You feel very comfortable, very confident in all the different things that we've discussed already, and you still just can't quite decide. Well, honestly, this is where you have to trust your gut, right? Do some visualization exercises. Just sit down and close your eyes. As corny as it sounds, sit down, close your eyes, and start imagining yourself in company A. Imagine yourself in company B. Imagine yourself in company A 10 years from now. Same thing with company B. Which one feels better, right? Again, this sounds corny, but it it works. Which one brings a bigger smile to your face, right? Which one can you really picture yourself in and picture yourself being successful in? As corny as that all sounds, I've helped so many people through this exact scenario with that exercise. I've done it myself. And it works. Usually, if you actually sit down and do that, you come out of it with a pretty, pretty clear idea of what's the best direction for you to go in. So, you know, it's it's not comparing apples to apples usually when you're looking at one franchise to the next. You know, there's a lot of different things to take into consideration. It goes way beyond the numbers, as we've talked about throughout this Franchise Friday series. Uh, And it's obviously a big decision, right, for anyone. I don't care what the investment level is. Starting a business, investing your hard-earned money into a business is a big decision. So it's certainly not something that you want to take lightly. So I hope that, 
you know, this has helped a little bit, uh, especially if anyone's actually going through this right now. But, you know, there is so much to consider and it's a, you know, fairly complex process to not only get to the point where you, you know, have a short list of franchise companies that could be a good fit for you, but also to then figure out which of those on the short list are going to be the best fit, right? So again, I hope this was helpful. If there's anyone out there listening that, you know, likes what they're learning about franchise ownership, but still, you know, doesn't quite know where to get started, that's what I'm here for. That's what I do. I love working with people and helping them better understand franchising and how it works and to, you know, help them decide if that could even be an avenue worth further exploring. And then if it is, you know, this whole series has really just kind of been an explanation of the very detailed, very methodical process that I take people through when I work with them. And I'd be happy to work with anyone out there, uh, even if it's just, you know, that they want to learn a little bit more and get a better sense of what options are out there that could be a good fit for them. So definitely reach out if you're interested in discussing any of this in more detail and maybe working with me to uh, identify some great franchise businesses for you. And of course, you know, pass this along to anyone else that may be uh, interested in exploring franchise ownership. But next episode, I'm going to get into what I call the, the FOMO complex when it comes to, you know, deciding to commit and move forward to a franchise because, you know, there's literally thousands of franchise businesses out there as we've talked about. You know, if you've gone through this pretty extensive, pretty methodical process, you should feel very clear, very confident that the franchise business you're selecting and that you've been approved for, remember, this is an approval process with good franchisors, but you should feel pretty confident that it's a good fit. But I've also seen people freeze at that point, and even though they feel really good about the opportunity in front of them, that thought creeps up in the back of their mind that says, what if there's a better option out there? What if there's a better franchise that I don't even know about that could be a better fit for me? It's, it's FOMO, right? So I'm going to talk in a little more detail about how to kind of process through that. And then as we get a little further into the Franchise Friday series, we're going to talk about what to expect after you actually sign your franchise agreements uh, and, and what you should be working on, what the franchisor, you know, should be helping you with and just kind of what life after signing franchise agreements looks like. So I hope you guys are enjoying this Franchise Friday series. I've gotten some really good feedback on it. If there are specific topics or questions that anyone wants to have me address in these uh, episodes, please reach out and let me know. But in the meantime, thanks so much for tuning in. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day weekend rest your week whenever you're looking to this listening to this go drop in make something awesome happen thanks for dropping in with me to this episode of franchise friday i hope you learned something new if you're interested in speaking with me about how you can start charting your own path to freedom through franchise ownership i'd love to have a conversation I provide a free consulting service to help people just like you identify and investigate franchise businesses that will help them create freedom in their own lives, and I'd love to help you with the same. You can visit my website at www.path2frdm.com or send me an email at wes at path2frdm.com. 
Make sure to tune in to next week's episodes of the Path to Freedom podcast and follow or subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you know someone else that would get value from this, please take a moment to share with them. Until next time, go drop in.